Welcome back to another episode of the Profitable Audience Podcast. I don't think we had an episode last week because I was out sick and on vacation, but I am back with We did have an episode. We did. Oh, that's right. You did with Andrea. I said a special guest talking about Facebook ads. There's two nuggets in that podcast if you didn't listen to it yet. Uh, that I've actually had a couple people say they've tried it and it's working. Ooh, okay. I haven't yes. listened to that episode yet. I'll, I'll have to yes. make sure to catch that. So, it was funny though. We had to record it. Um, we, she was here, so she recorded it with me in my office. So we had to share the microphone. So we had to like move our heads back and forth. I wish we should have videoed it because I'm sure we looked absolutely ridiculous. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, you know, I was supposed but, to see you last week also, but you were. unfortunately the plans got derailed. That's right. So, so, but yes, this is this is Steve's back podcast. I'm back. So you were not here last week. We're going to be talking about how to build a business with very little traffic. Like you can make money without without the need for a ton of traffic. Okay, so I want to start by saying this is one of the questions we get all the time because people set up a website or start creating content on social media or create a podcast or YouTube, whatever it is, and they don't have. Nobody has a lot of traction in the beginning unless you have a fan base already. So, you know, don't look at the people who, you know, went on The Bachelorette, right? And then they start a content site. Of course, they're going to have traffic because they have notoriety. But most people don't have notoriety. So get that out of the way first. I would say you can make money with not a lot of traffic, but you have to always be thinking about how to build your traffic. So I think the important thing for people to think about is, yes, it's possible to start making money pretty early on, but you should always be thinking about continuing to grow your email list, continuing to work on your SEO, continuing to getting visitors to your website. Uh, Because I, I do think at the end of the day, the more traffic you have, the easier it is to make money. I like to think about business as like a snowball. Like it always starts out tiny and then like as it grows, it really just starts to grow exponentially. By the way, I just want to mention of all the shows that you could talk about, you mentioned The Bachelorette. Is that on right now or something? <laughs> so I keep, well, no, The Bachelorette is on. Ah. I keep seeing the promo. It's why it came into my, it was like the only reality TV show I could think of because I'm getting, I'm seeing the commercials all the time. I guess they're just starting a new, a new season. I've never watched it. So I, I don't I cannot comment on anything with The Bachelor, but I do know a lot of them. A lot of people on that show have turned their notoriety into like some sort of online marketing. Interesting. OK, I, I actually haven't watched that show since like season one or two. <laughs> I like yeah. how you admit watching. Well, it, I did. I did watch it. And then there was like yeah. I watched this Asian version, too, which was kind of funny. But anyway, I digress. Um, That's a whole nother podcast <laughs> that we need to do. All right, so we're talking about starting a business and making money without traffic. But I guess before we start with that section, you have to have the foundation in place, which was as you described, you need to have an email list or some way of bringing people back because you need to create a base, right? People might read your content or watch or listen to your content once and then they'll forget about you. And so you always need a way to bring them back. And then over time, they become addicted to you and that's how you build an audience. Yeah, so... I would say if you're just starting out, the first thing you need to do is set up, like you said, your home base, which to me is always your website. Even if you are going to be a YouTuber or you know an Instagram celebrity, I always believe that you need to have a website for people where you own the people. So where you're not dependent on Instagram's algorithm to you know continue to keep you afloat. So before you get going, you need to set up a website. It's really easy. We have a free mini course that teaches you how to do it. There's a million other Google sites that you can, you know, even like I think GoDaddy and Bluehost will walk you through how to set up a website. But the first thing you need to do is set up a WordPress website. Super simple. 
Um, so get that first. Get that first. Set up email. Uh, I think we we always recommend ConvertKit because it's free for up to I think five hundred people now. Yep, it's a solid email provider. And then that's like the long term stuff. So I always like to think of business as short term and long term. Mm-hmm. So the long term, you're building an audience, you're creating content, and over time, people will just kind of hop on your bus. But we're talking about making money in the short term, and I found from teaching my class for many, many years now that the short term is where people get stuck because it requires work. And, and what I mean by work is like legwork, manual work. Okay. So stuff that isn't scalable. Um, so for example, let's, let's use the example of our, our mutual friend, um, Jen Garza. Okay. Her daughter was, uh, was selling stuff online. She didn't have an audience at all. And so what she did is she hustled and started posting on Facebook groups and ingratiating herself within the community. And then she decided to drop a post saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about creating the, this product for sale. What do you guys think? What do you think of the imagery? And then over time, you know, she just kind of dropped like, hey, thanks for your feedback. I decided to create this product. Anyone interested? And she made a lot of sales that way. So, you know, legwork, yeah. you know, going yeah. and manually posting, manually interacting with people. Well, that's the thing that I think you're right. People are so afraid. Of, it's funny to me because it's people don't like to make phone calls. They don't like to reach out to people. And I get it. Like if you no one likes to have someone like message them and say, hey, do you do you want to drink a shake and feel better about yourself every day? Like I think that whole industry has kind of ru- ruined people for marketing themselves because it just feels very slimy a lot of times. But I think, you know, if you're providing value, another person does this well is our friend Grayson Bell, who does WordPress like management, I guess it's probably not the right word. He'd probably be like, that's not what I do. But uh, he goes into groups and Facebook and talks about so he solves people's problems. So people say, hey, you know, my website keeps doing X, Y, Z. And he'll come in and say, hey, do you have this plugin? You know, what I found is this plugin messes up this. And if you deinstall that, you know, deactivate it, you'll be able to get rid of that problem. And he does that over and over again for free. And then when someone has, you know, a, a massive problem that requires like a true tech person, that that's the he's the first person they think of to hire because he's been so helpful and he clearly knows what he's talking about. I mean, that's a similar principle to doing like webinars, like free webinars, where you're just kind of giving out information for free that's really good, and then establishing a reputation for being known for that. And then when it comes time for people who need help, they'll they'll want to reach out and pay you for your time. Yeah. I was just thinking one thing that I did early on with my online store was whenever someone started checkout, but they didn't complete the purchase, I already had their phone number. So I would just call them and I'd say, mm-hmm. hey, why didn't you finish your purchase? No, I, I was, just like I was that. a little more subtle than that. Like, but I was like, give me your money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I was like, hey, you know, um, we, we just launched this product line and we noticed you were interested in this product. Uh, is there a reason why, you know, is there something you didn't like about it or whatnot? And then, you know, usually it was within like 30 seconds of them, you know, dropping off the site when I would, when I would call mm-hmm. them. And they'd be receptive. Well, sometimes they're always guarded when they first pick up the phone. Of course, yeah. But then I'm like, hey, we're just going to give you this product for free. I just would like to answer you to answer some questions. And, and through that, I got feedback and we made some changes to the site as a result. So I think that is a good 
I, I think if you want to make money early on, it is not something that is very scalable. So right. the way you're going to make money early on is not something that five years down the road, you'll probably still be doing exactly the same way. And I think that that's important for two reasons. One, I think for me, if I thought, oh my gosh, you want me to call everybody that ever put something in their cart? Like I, I just redid an abandoned cart sequence for one of my clients. And actually, I'll, I'll talk about it because it's a good way to scale that sort of personal touch. But if you told me everybody who went through that sequence, because I did it last week and there's already been like over a thousand people that have gone through the sequence. If you told me I was going to make a thousand phone calls in the next six days, I would not want to do that. But when you're starting out, I'm sure you weren't making 100 phone calls a day. You were probably calling 10 people a day. You probably know, less because than you, that. When you first, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have a lot of sales. So you don't have to... You don't have to think about this as like the rest of my life I'm going to be on the phone with people asking them why they didn't buy my product. Because eventually a couple things are going to happen. You're going to be able to make improvements either in the product or in the checkout process. Maybe they couldn't find a button. Maybe they had a coupon, but they didn't see where the coupon code was. Uh, maybe if they have a problem with a free download on your site, maybe it's because the way the email comes, it's landing in promotions or spam. You know, you can get that feedback from people and make changes so that you're not having to do it over and over again because your conversion rate goes up to the point where you're like, I don't need to be calling people all the time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not so, yeah. scalable, but in the beginning, you have the time to not be scalable and figure things out. And then you'll know what to scale. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other important thing is that the, to me, the easiest way to make money in the beginning is to have a not scalable business model. If, if making money quickly is your goal, then it's going to be something that's going to take a ton of legwork. It's very hard without an audience to be like, I'm going to set up an evergreen webinar funnel that leads to this product and I'm just going to set it and forget it and I'm going to wake up every morning with a paycheck because you don't have anybody watching you. But if you reach out to people you know or go into Facebook groups like Jen, Jen's daughter did, you're going to say like, hey, you know, I'm really good at calligraphy. Let's just say I'm not good at calligraphy. But if you were good at calligraphy, you know, would, are you interested in learning that? Maybe you're in like a crafting group or something like that. or And you're just like, hey, I'm happy to get on like a Zoom call with you for free and, you know, walk someone through that. And then you do that a couple times and you're like, okay, I think I know what I can do to like just create an evergreen webinar or create a webinar that I'm just going to post about it on Facebook, post about it on my website to the small audience that you have and then build your way up. But initially you're probably, it's like your friend that did the art classes. Right. Yes. Um, you know, or you're, I think, a student, but they did art classes during the pandemic, which eventually led to paid art classes. Um, but they had to develop that credibility in that audience before they could start charging a ton of money. So initially it was a personal touch and then it moved to, it's still personal because he's teaching them, but it's a bigger, like bigger venue. Yeah. I would say the next tactic, if you don't have an audience, is to make some good friends who do have an audience and uh, I have a friend, I, shoot, I, I haven't talked to him in a while, so his, his name escapes me right now. But he started out with no audience. And what he did is he, he made friends with people who did have an audience within his niche. And then he created a product and did what is called a JV deal, mm -hmm. where he would present, where he would give a live webinar and teach his, you know, that friend's audience a bunch of really good information and then sell a class at the end. And they would just split the revenue 50-50. So it was a win-win situation. So I think that's a great idea, especially if you have something that can piggyback off of somebody else. So 
I was trying to think of something for like profitable online store, but you really do cover a lot of different things. But let's just say maybe you're really good. So I think something that really matters in physical products and really in anything is packaging. Like there's a reason why Apple packages their products in those boxes that take forever to open, right? Because it's the experience of opening the AirPods or the MacBook. And so I've seen companies, I've ordered stuff and the packaging is like, it makes me happy to open it because it's like, oh, you use like fun tissue paper or, oh, you gave me cool stickers or, you know, something like that. And so when I have, when I order from companies that do that, I always post about it on, on social media, right? So I'm giving them free publicity and a lot of people do that, right? That's why people, I mean, you want people to have a great experience, but maybe you're an expert in like design and packaging and putting stuff together. So you find somebody who teaches like the selling part, but they don't really talk about that kind of thing. You could be like, hey, I have a webinar on like how to put together a great customer experience post-sale, right? So how do you follow up with people? How do you send something? You know, how do you communicate with them throughout the shipping process? Our friend, um, oh my goodness, his name is escaping me. He did our talk at Seller Summit. He owns Trolley Girl. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. The, ho- uh, the Hollywood yeah, guy. Yeah, I know. Hold on. Uh, I'll tell you in a sec. I'll look it up. Michael Jammon. Michael? Michael Jammon. So our friend Michael Jammon sells these very fun and colorful dresses for little girls. And he gave a talk at Seller Summit a couple years ago. And in the talk, he talked through some of the ways that they brand their, uh, like basically how they brand their customer experience. So you don't get this shipping email that's like, good news, your order has shipped. Here's your tracking number. It's like our little fairy elves have wandered through the forest with your package, blah, blah, blah. And it's like for that brand, it works. Obviously, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, But, you know, maybe you're an expert on that. Maybe you're an expert on copywriting. And so you could do a JV with someone who sells something that requires good copywriting, but they don't teach that. So I think initially, or you offer to come in and like a lot of these people who have courses and products do like live lessons and live classes. So you offer like, hey, I'd love to come in and teach this. Don't want, don't sell anything. You know, don't, don't, don't approach somebody as like, hey, I want to come teach a lesson for your class and also promote my book or whatever it is. But, you know, go in there initially and just give people information. I think that's the easiest way to get authority and credibility is be in the spaces where your customers are and become an expert. Just like you were, um, were you Christina in the wedding? I was, I was hustling. Yes, but you were hustling. You were in there answering questions, talking about wedding, you know, whatever you talk about. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I was just helping people out with their weddings. I was suggesting venues, wedding favors, where to get dresses, which was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I, w- I wish I had transcripts of this. But so I think that's that's a good is, you know, give yourself a little expertise in your background by being helpful or maybe you already have the background already and then seeing if someone else will partner with you and you can share their audience and they get a cut of the money. So I think it's fair because before you had zero dollars. So what's funny about this is I've been just you've heard me typing in the background. I'm looking for this person. Yeah. Basically, he wrote a course on Scrivener. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He didn't yes. have anyone to sell it to. Yes. But he was Joe. friends with Michael Hyatt. His name Joe. And Michael Hyatt sells his own classes and everything. But he didn't have a class on Scrivener. He loved the product. And so he went and gave a webinar to Michael Hyatt's audience, instantly made millions of dollars that way. And he just split the revenue. So it was a win-win. And he's, he continues to make seven figures 
doing webinars for other people's audiences because he made friends with Mike who introduced him to other people and he's never really had his own audience and he does really well. Yes, I, and I don't think I don't think you necessarily need to have your own audience. I think you can work with other people as long as you're bringing a ton of value. Ironically, I think he launched a course on how to make money without an audience. <laughs> but what's funny about this is, uh, I don't know. Step one is become friends with Michael Hyatt, who has like a billion yeah. a billion followers or whatnot. But anyway. <laughs> so if you can't become friends with Michael Hyatt, <laughs> exactly. The, then what do you do? What What's the next step? I mean, I've, but I've done a bunch of JV deals. And the way, mm -hmm. like, it, you can't just approach a stranger and go, hey, I'd like to give a webinar to your audience. I think this is, again, it, it always comes back to events. So I always mm -hmm. go to these events where I meet these popular bloggers or influencers with large audiences. And once you meet them in person, you become friends with them, then it's not out of the realm to say, hey, uh, you know, would your audience be interested in this topic? I can put together like a, a presentation that would be interesting and then we'll just split the revenue. Or you can even do it for free and say, hey, we'll just split the email list. Or, you know, you keep all the money from the product, I get the email list, and then instant audience that way. Yeah. So another thing you can do if you're, if you're not friends with Michael Hyatt yet, but I know you all will be at, by the end of this, is to use a platform like Amazon. So maybe you have inf really good information. Because usually to make money quickly, you need to be selling information. Because uh, you can't make money with affiliates when you don't have any traffic. You can't make money from ads when you don't. Or you're going to say, yes, you can't make money with affiliates. I mean, you, you can't, I was going to say you can make money with affiliates or, or selling products, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you're not going to, I mean, if you follow some of these big affiliate marketers, you're not going to be making, you know, six or seven figures on affiliate marketing with 100 visitors. That's correct. Um, unless you have a really sweet affiliate deal on a very niche site, which is possible. Uh, so, but another way you can do it if you're selling information is to sell it on Amazon because Amazon has the audience. Now, I don't recommend this as a like long-term play, but if you want to get your name out there, you want to get your information out there, you want to get feedback. You can do it on Amazon pretty easily. I wouldn't say it's easy anymore, but it's a great place to just tap in. So, what, what were you thinking about? Pro like digital products or ebooks? Yeah, yeah, doing like ebooks or, you know, an ebooks that, you know, everyone does this in an ebook. So, they put a book on Kindle and then they give you a bonus chapter. In fact, I was such a sucker for this. I, I do the uh, Kindle like free free downloads, whatever, the free books with like Prime or whatever. And they're always like cheesy. They're not horrible, but they're definitely not like, edgy, you know, the ones I read are like, you know, veterinarian moves to a small town up north in the winter and meets the, you know, out of work contractor, whatever, you know, as he's remodeling her kitchen. Is that like your kitchen. classic romance? Or, yeah. yeah. I, but it's like they all have the same storyline. It's like the Hallmark movie. But like I was reading one a couple months ago and it, I was actually on a plane and it was like, to get the bonus final chapter and like the final, the end of the book ended and like she did it, he didn't propose. So you're like, wait a second, they've adopted the puppy. Like what's going to happen? And there was like, if you want the bonus chapter to find out how it ends, you know, subscribe to this author's website or whatever. Well, you better believe I subscribed to her website because I wanted to know like how this story ended. And you got like the bonus chapter and you got like two bonus chapters, right? At the, the website. So you can create content on Amazon that you can almost give away and then provide that bonus content 
on your website so you could take the it's, it, it's not easy to do it's not like oh everyone from amazon is just going to come over and droves to your website but you can start to make money that way by pulling people over um because you're giving them additional information this reminds me and i don't know if this is on your website but you told like your story of everything which is very interesting and you told like mm-hmm. three-fourths of it and then you had to get the give your email for the rest of it and then you give your email and then you didn't give the rest of it <laughs> is that still on your site by the way it was a very compelling lead magnet uh, it's not a lead magnet anymore because i had so many complaints from <laughs> you guys but i would say also you have to give them the information when they sign up yes yes uh, so yeah. back on amazon i think the way people do it is they release these little ebooks for free and then mm-hmm. they just keep putting them out and then over time it just kind of compounds just like any content that you put out there. I think the key for the ebook method is you want to be like a bestseller in like a very tiny niche. Yes. So for example, like I might start out writing a book on microprocessor design since it's a, yes, it's a you're new, the only one that knows anything exactly. about it. But then I would be like yes. the top seller in that category and then yes. just kind of build upon that. Well, and I think that hits on an important thing to think about when it comes to making money without a huge audience is niche down as much. It's much easier to do this super niche versus broad. Like, you know, don't start a, you think you're going to make money like helping people decorate their house. That's far too broad. But let's say you're going to help people, you know, decorate houses under 800 square feet right? Or like New York City lofts or something that's like super niche where like there's still a huge, I mean, there's like 2 million people in New York City. So you definitely have ability to get an audience, but you, you know, you're going to be competing against every single person in the world if you say like, hey, I'm going to do a home decorating site. But if you're like, hey, I'm super niche and I'm going to talk about, you know, how to do this very specific thing. Same thing with Amazon. You know, when you were talking about that, my first thought was, you know, if you could write an ebook on how to grow like these five herbs in your garden, right? Very specific. Because I've come to realize, because my nephew works for a plant company, that plant people are crazy. And they also pay. So they're doing what they're doing free. What they're starting. They want to start a paid site. So I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to. I don't. I don't know how much of this is like classified. But they've been doing free webinars to test out like how how people will respond to like paid webinars, right? So you first you start free to see like what's is are people even interested, right? Will people even come for free? Well, they have like the most insane sign up rate. And then the so what is what is your live show up rate on a webinar? It's about a third. So there are like two thirds of the people Which show is cra- up that's crazy. on their webinars because they're because plant people are are not crazy in a bad way, but like they're crazy about plants. And so if they have the opportunity, if you're like the plant expert and you're like really really good at like rosemary and basil, you know, and you're gonna teach people how to grow it in their apartment or inside or like on a small porch or whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about plants. Obviously, anyone who does is probably like you should never go into this. But you know. You think about that. If they have two thirds of the people showing up for these plant seminars, they're not going to have trouble creating a membership site because people are showing such a level of interest. And now they're even like doing a better job of like getting people super excited about like, oh, I have a chance to like interact with this plant guru and they can answer my questions live. And, you know, so they're doing these free little things and eventually it will switch over to a paid model. And I'm sure that they will convert at a, a rate that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, again, this is, again, the, the same principle of paying it forward. 
Um, another example that's in my mind is um, there's this guy that I was I had on my podcast a long time ago. His name is Charlie Hone. What he did was he started doing work for free. So he started doing work for free for Ramit Sethi. Mm-hmm. And the work that he did for free proactively, like Ramit didn't like give him an assignment or anything. He just said, hey, I wrote this piece of content that should go on your site. What do you think? And then Ramit really liked it. And then Charlie started doing other work for Ramit. And in working for Ramit, he started picking up all the cool things and automations that Ramit did with his business so that he learned a lot from that experience while getting paid at the same time. And that's how he made quick money. And then he eventually turned all that knowledge into his own business. So he just approached Ramit and said, hey, I have content for your site? I can't remember what he did. He, there was something lacking. Like he was following Ramit for a long time and Ramit needed something. And maybe okay. he might have published it or whatever. But he was very proactive and he put together this really comprehensive uh, product for him or something like I, I don't remember the specifics. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I think is interesting to piggyback on that is that it's a, so when I first got into blogging, I followed everybody who was like me in the blogging space, like anyone who was like blogging in the home management space. I knew every article on their site. I've like followed them religiously. And it was important because it was a way to keep your pulse on, you know, keep the pulse on what was going on in the industry. And it's surprising to me today how many people I meet who are big content creators who are like, oh, I'm following anybody. I don't know what anybody's doing. Because it's like, I think it's important to continue to watch what other people are doing, not so that you can copy them, but so that you can see trends and that you can see, you know, what's going on. And like the fact that you're this guy that you had on the podcast recognized that there was something missing and was able to provide that, you know, how are, you know, you're not going to be able to notice those things if you're not following along of what's happening in your industry. You can't just stay totally siloed. And I think later on, that led to like a JV deal with Ramit also, where Ramit sent his audience over to something that he created. I don't know if you read this book. By the way, I recommend everyone read this. I, it, Charlie wrote this ebook called Recession Proof Grad. I think he gave it away for free. Okay. It was a very compelling book uh, for people who graduated from college. I think he wrote it at the time when you graduate and it was really hard to find a job. It might still be the case like that yeah. today, actually. Yeah. But it was essentially the same things that we're talking about here. Paying it forward, doing a little bit of legwork, getting some business, and then later leveraging that knowledge into something bigger later on. So another way to make money quickly if you don't have an audience is to, and this is another one where I think people shudder, is go out in public. So most local libraries have community uh, meeting spaces and they are looking for people to fill those spaces with free educational content. Um, Every time I go to the library, there's always like, hey, this, you know, Sunday night, this guy is going to teach you on budgeting and and on Monday, there's going to be a pottery thing and not really pottery at the library, but, you know, there's always something going on. Like this person's going to teach you how to fill out tax forms or this person's going to teach you how to work Google Sheets, right? There's always something. We used to do them when I worked for, uh, when I worked for Valpac, we used to do grocery classes at the library where we would teach people how to save money on their grocery bill. And literally all we did was call up the library and say, hey, can I teach a free class at the library? And most local libraries are looking for to fill that space 
with, you know, free things for the community because they want to be a service to the community. And the thing is, is that the library is advertising that for you. Obviously, you're going to put it on your Facebook page and you're going to talk about it too. But the library has signs of the, and the library has it on their website of like what's happening every day. Um, And there's other places that do that as well, not just the library, community centers in your town. And so that's a really good way. Once again, this is the thing that's not super scalable. You can't be in every library every night of the week. But if you start out that way, you can start to gain that loyal following. You can gain the trust. And those people are going to be way more likely to make a purchase from you or to invest in a membership or anything like that info product because they know you already and they trust you and they've already sat in front of you or sat with you for an hour and you've provided them with really valuable information. That just reminds me, I I was walking by my local community center and there was someone giving a talk on how to flip real estate there. And I'm I'm sure he didn't have to pay much money or it might have even been free. It's totally totally, free. It's usually free. Yeah. Yeah. Great way to... I mean, maybe not where you live. What the, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally free in Florida. Uh, but many states, it's totally free because they're looking for the content. The same thing as far as, you know, if you are someone who would feel comfortable on camera, you can get on the local news in the morning or the lunchtime shows because they're always looking for filler content. So whatever your expertise is, maybe you are an expert in like container gardening um, you can go on there. They're, they want the garden person to be on there from like March to September, right? Like talking about gardening stuff. Our friend um, Connie Albers does a lot with education. She's always on the local news talking about different things that are happening in, um, you know, our, in special, specifically in Florida, like with new, with kids in school and what's going on, whether, you know, whether it's like something like the school shooting, you know, they're going to call her to come on or versus like, hey, we've changed the curriculum or we're going to digital textbooks or, you know, anything like that. She usually gets put on the news because she's an expert in education. And that's, you know, she has books out. She's a paid speaker. So she's able to leverage her notoriety on the news to then make money in other places. But you're getting the audience from the news. I mean, think about how many people watch the news. A lot of people watch the local news in the morning as they're getting ready for work or, you know, anything like that. And they're always looking for filler content. So, you, I mean, you obviously have to be good on camera. If you get up there and you freeze or (laughs) you're like a hot, sweaty mess, probably not. But I think for the most part... uh, it's not hard to get on TV if if you can present yourself correctly. Walk me through that process. How do I get on the local news? So <laughs> No, I'm serious. I just storm the studio. No. Um, you know, it's obviously you it's best to like have an introduction to somebody. Like if I wanted to get on the news, I'd probably ask like Leslie Samuel or Josh Elledge, you know, something like that and say, "Hey, you're on the Orlando news. How would I get on?" But you can also just send an email, right? There's, I mean, if you go to the, your local news station's website, there's places to contact people and say, hey, you know, I've been watching the news for a while, whatever, you know, start with start with a familiarity, start with, hey, I've been watching your morning segments. I noticed you don't really ever talk about this. You know, this is my background. This is what I'm an expert in. I would love to come on and give you, you know, do a segment on XYZ. Now, the best thing to do with that is include something that shows you talking on camera. So whether it's a YouTube video or Instagram Live, anything like that, where it's obvious that like you aren't a complete buffoon. Um, and I think if you can do that on the initial take, if it's if it's a topic they're interested in, they're probably going to contact you. Since we're on this topic, there's a service or radio. There's a service called radio Hero. Too. If you want to be featured yes. in the media, 
you know, they, they send out like multiple email blasts per day and all you have to do is look and then present your pitch to them back via email. Yeah. Um, uh, you can even buy, you know, you can buy a radio show. How does that work? I'm not sure how it works, but a good friend of mine is in like wealth management or personal finance management. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but he actually has three radio shows, uh, 30 minutes long. It's the same show. He pre-records it. And it plays at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday, at like 3 p.m. on a Wednesday. It like airs. It's the same thing. It airs three times a week. And he talks basically about managing your money. And he pays for that, but it's relatively inexpensive because it's AM radio. But he has a loyal following and it's helped build his business and his clientele. And he's just not on the web. But like there's there's really interesting ways that you can do stuff that don't cost a fortune, right? Um and now he's like a radio, right? You think he's a radio guy. He's not because he's paying, but it's it's like an infomercial, but on the radio. So it feels like a show. Is it essentially a podcast? Yes, yeah, essentially okay. a podcast, but on like the local radio station. So they already have the audience. Interesting. I mean, since we're on this topic also, like if you sell physical products, it's pretty easy to get featured in holiday guides. What you have to do is yes. you just need to find out who the editor is and then send a yeah. pitch you can even just proactively send them free product along with a note saying you'd like to get included in the holiday guide. And if you do things correctly, your hit rate actually isn't that bad. Uh, we used to do this all the time. I would say our hit rate was maybe like one in five, maybe one in 10, depending on what the guide was. And again, that's another way to get free publicity for your business. And if you definitely, if you do have physical products, most of the larger bloggers like people like Hip to Save and Passionate Penny Pincher and Crazy Coupon Lady, uh, those people have, Money Saving Mom, have big holiday buying guides, right? And if you have an affiliate program for your product, you just have to, you know, it's on their site, deals at moneysavingmom.com. I don't know if that's the address, but like, you know, it's very easy to find on the website because they, they if, if you don't send them stuff, if you don't send them stuff to include, um, they have to go find it. They have to go find products, right? So if you have a, a decent affiliate program for a physical product, reach out to like local, not local bloggers, but like bloggers in, in that niche, right? If you sell a, you know, sewing product, then reach out to knitting.com. I'm sure they'll <laughs> <you>. um, <laughs> No, but like reach out to some of the bloggers that do gift guides and just do a Google search for like gift guides and pull up who comes up and then just start, you know, obviously you want to do this way ahead of time because a lot of this, these articles get written in September, October, but you, so you want to be really ahead of the curve. But if you send them something, then that's less work that they have to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would say like for the magazines, you have to contact them like six months in advance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one thing we haven't talked about, and this is, uh, I guess purposely we talked about this last, which is paid advertising. I yes. think when most people start a business, let's say you launch an e-commerce store, People don't want to do the legwork, so they go, hey, I'm just going to throw some money at ads where you you don't even know, like if you don't know how to run ads, you're just essentially throwing your money away unless you know what you're doing. Yeah. But that's like the, the way to hide behind your computer and get traffic. This is why I always recommend that you do the legwork first, figure out what people want and that sort of thing before yeah. you start paying for ads. I mean, paying for ads is a great way, but I don't think it should mm -hmm. be your first option. No, and a lot of a lot of things with ads is you need a little bit of social proof to convert people on a sale or a sign up. And so if you do, if that's your 
top option, if that's the option you start with, you don't have the social proof to start with. It's better off to get a little social proof behind you and then pay for advertising because then at least when people come to your site and there's like, you know, testimonials or featured in or, you know, hey, I was in Southern Living or I was featured an entrepreneur, then you're like, okay, well, that gives you a little more legitimacy versus like, you have no idea who I am. My site is suspect. You know, there's no there's no information on there. And it's like, oh, you expect me to just like click and buy just because it's not on Facebook? I mean, it, people still do it. It works. But you're going to have a better result if you have a little bit of social proof on your site. I would also say that if you're going to go the advertising route, be prepared to spend, at least for physical products, at least $1,000 to, to get things mm-hmm. going. Uh, it really just depends on what you sell. But you also have to be aware that your average order value has to be a certain amount also. I think for Facebook, for example, I would say minimum like 30, 40 bucks, preferably 50. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just, the reason why this is fresh in my mind is I just recently launched a new Google Performance Max campaign. And I started that thing out at 100 bucks per day. Right. So if you think about it, in a month, that's that's 3,000 bucks. But I just, yeah. I mean, you have to, all these ad platforms now rely on machine learning. And so you have to give it data. And you have to lose money for a little bit before it actually starts converting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think ads definitely work, but I wouldn't start there. I would try to build up a little traction and then help the ads help your velocity. Use the ads to help your velocity. And you'd be surprised how many people are in your network already. So I would say just your own Facebook following is is enough in the beginning too. Like these are just friends of friends. Reach out and ask yeah. if they if they have an audience or they know anyone who's interested in what you have to offer and you'll be surprised. So one of my buddies who's in the army uh, suggested that I reach out to these army groups or military groups who might be interested in starting a business. And that's actually led to some traction, which led to me putting out a military discount actually, which led to military.com linking to the site. So just good things happen when you do like some physical outreach to, to your friends. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest takeaway in all of this is that if you want to make money quickly and you don't have an audience, feet on the ground is the best way to get there. What and it might be phone call on the ground, but taking the time to call people, visit people, go to the library, see if you can do a course or a you know, a session, whatever it's called. Uh those things actually are very effective and people are always looking for information. So if you are the source of that information, you're going to be able to leverage that to build a very successful and profitable business long-term. But in the short term, you're still going to convert people pretty quickly because once people meet you or talk to you, it's why video is so effective. We always talk about how video is really important and you can't really sleep on video anymore. It's because when people see you and have to like look you in the eye, basically, it's much harder to say no to you. Um, It's why at the timeshares, they get you in that room and spend two hours trying to, you know, like people say yes. People say yes to timeshares all the time, even though they know it's a bad deal, because it's hard to say no to somebody's face. It's way easy to delete an email or to like even hang up the phone on somebody. But it's much harder to turn people down once you have a relationship with them. So if you can start with that relationship building and rely on your relationships, um, and that doesn't mean like milk your friends and family for everything. It just means building relationships with people that, you know, you're going to serve with your services or products anyway. Go read Cialdini's book on influence. 
like when you said timeshare, it was all about reciprocity. You know, they give you, they get you in there by giving like a couple yes. of free nights, and so you feel yes. obligated to sit through their whole pitch, and you don't want to be rude because they already gave you something, so you end yes. up like capitulating. Yes, and it works. And so I think if, and if, but and I think timeshares are kind of a slimy way to do that, but. In general, in life, if you're going to give something to somebody, if you're going to help your community or help your online group, just like Jen's daughter, she was in there like entertaining people, talking about things, being a part of the community. When it came time for her to do something, the community is going to support you, uh, especially if you're providing something really valuable. So, you know, just make sure that when you try some of these tactics, that it's very genuine, that it's not like, don't don't be a timeshare guy. Be genuine, provide genuine value to people, and and not eventually, quickly, people will convert for you because they've met you, they trust you, they know you, they like you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Now, for more information about this episode, go to ProfitableAudience.com slash podcast, where we list all of the tools and resources mentioned in our show notes. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. When you write us a review, it not only makes our day, but it helps keep this podcast up in the ranks so other people can use this information, find the show more easily, and get some awesome business advice. Leaving a review is by far the best way to support the show. And please tell your friends because the greatest compliment that you can give us is to provide a referral to someone else, either in person or to share it on the web. And if you're interested in building your own profitable audience, subscribe to our free six-day mini course where we walk you through the exact steps needed to find your niche, build a website, grab email subscribers, and monetize your content. You can sign up at profitableaudience.com slash free. Thanks for listening.